Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the richness of your spirit. We're growing in our knowing of the real reality of the kingdom and uh, the life in the spirit that you brought us. Teach us now. Teach us. Mature us. We lay it all down. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're new to Grace Church, my name is Steve. I'm the senior pastor here. We started in Stacy in my home 24 years ago, pretty much in the month of October, pretty much today. I'm not sure if it's this week or next week, but 24 years we've been going since we started with 11 adults in a living room that wanted to... Amen. Let's go ahead and give, give the Lord praise. We, we wanted to know Jesus and uh, get to know Him better and then make Him known. But we are those who live connected to Christ through the new covenant economy. In other words, it's not transactional. Aren't you glad God doesn't get new information about you every day to decide whether He's going to be good to you today? I think I'll love you today. Maybe I won't love you today. I saw what you did. Uh, that's not the new covenant economy. It's um, all in Christ. We've already been granted and graced union and relationship with Him. So we live from Him as source and not uh, for Him in our own strength. Getting our identity from Him. Truest thing about you is what God says about you, not what everybody else thinks. Oftentimes, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy, right? So the truest thing about you is what God says about you, not even what you think, feel, and believe about yourself at times. He knows you by the Spirit. And this empowers us to put God on display and then disciple others. We want to invest Christ and ourselves into uh, other people. My ask for this week uh, you can sit with or eat the scripture in Hebrews 12:28, and then please email us at uh, staff at gracechurch.community. We'd love to hear what the Lord's speaking to you. So we've been talking about the centrality of Jesus and centering all we are as a church, all that we are in our families. Maybe you have a business or your individual. We're going to be centered on Christ. And this is very important because anything that leaves you at the center will wind up off center. Because you're not God, you're not the center of the universe. He is. So everything is fashioned. Even though we have free will, the deck is definitely stacked in God's favor. Everything works in and through Him and in and through His way. And so we're centering all that we are on Him. Uh, how do we do that? We've looked at how Jesus taught and demonstrated truth. That's the real reality. Secondly, he taught and demonstrated God as our Father. Just a powerful revelation that we spent three or four weeks on. And now the availability of God's kingdom. Jesus taught this and demonstrated it. So we've been talking about kingdom life. Everybody say kingdom life. And, it's, and what we're talking about is living every day in and by and through and from God's Spirit. That's what we're talking about. In and through and by and from God's Spirit. And it's a life, if you look at how Jesus taught and introduced the kingdom, He mentioned the word kingdom over a hundred times. Uh, he mentioned the word church only three times. That doesn't mean the church is not important, but it clearly demonstrates His central mission and message was the uh, accessibility of the rule of God in the earth, that we could access God, receive His Spirit, and do life with Him. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Just put it in your notes because I didn't put it on the screen for you. But listen to this. After John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Listen to this. And saying the time is fulfilled. 
And the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. He didn't say, hey, sign this card and join a church, get baptized when you're dead, you can go to heaven and God will be there. How many of you, I think it's good news that human beings who are made by God and for God can encounter Him, experience Him, and walk with Him and actually hear His voice here on earth. Because I don't think life will be near as challenging in heaven. So it makes sense (laughs) that Jesus announced good news that, hey, God is accessible. You can know Him. You can hear Him. You can walk with Him here. Not just in the hereafter, but in the here and now. So the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is here. Repent. Change your mind. Say what God says. Agree with God. That's repenting. And believe in the good news. Believe. Touch your neighbor and say, believe. We're going to talk about that. Believe in the good news. It's a lot more than just intellectual assent. So Jesus demonstrated and taught, and he'd go from town to town and synagogue to synagogue, the uh, reality and accessibility of the Father's kingdom. But Jesus was also the embodiment of the Father's kingdom lived here on earth. He, he embodied it. He was the kingdom, if you will, in human form, what it looks like. Um, e. Stanley Jones said one time when he was asked about the kingdom of heaven, he says, well, I suppose... He wants us to live as though heaven was already here. Right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we live as though heaven is already here. Now, how much sickness is in heaven? None. Uh, How much offense and unforgiveness is in heaven? None. So what's the Father's will here? So do you see how an escapist mentality, let's get off the planet as quick as we can, is not really helping the body of Christ. Because we're here to to let heaven invade the earth. I mean, yeah, there's unrighteousness. Yeah, there's ugliness. Yeah, there's unforgiveness and bitterness. But we are carrying the answer to what ails mankind. You can't sit around and say, look what the world's coming to. Say, look who is coming to the world. Look what's available to you. Amen. And if they're born again, say, don't wait till heaven to receive it all. You can have it here. There will be plenty joy to the square inch in heaven. I think the struggle for joy is here. So this makes sense. This is why it was so important for the Lord to bring this out to us, that the kingdom life, life in a relationship with the living God by His Spirit and His voice and His Word is for here. It's for the here and now, not just the hereafter. You really don't encourage anybody. If you got somebody at work and their daughter is struggling with depression, if you just say to Bill, it's okay, you know, she won't be depressed when she's dead and in heaven, that doesn't help Bill or her. But what if we can say, Bill, let's meet and visit with your daughter and let her know that accessibility to God's Spirit And one of the byproducts of his spirit and relationship and intimacy is joy is available to your daughter here on earth by the spirit. Amen. Now the church becomes relevant. We become irrelevant to life on this planet if we relegate the kingdom of heaven to just a reward thrown in one day after we're dead and everything will be fine over there. Jesus embodied the kingdom. That's what I'm talking about. He's the, the kingdom of God, what it looks like in a human being, living as though heaven's already here. So he represented God's person here on earth. 
God's poise. How many of you think we could do with some poise in American politics? Power. God's power. And then the presence of God. All of those things in a living blend. We see them in Christ. Now, because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you, and that the coming of the kingdom came in the person of the Holy Spirit, right? The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit, Romans 14, 17. If I drive out demons, Matthew 12, 28, by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God comes to you. So that's all available in the here and now and living inside of you so you too can represent God's person, poise, power, and presence in the earth. People around us shouldn't ever say God is dead. They they should be able to see Him, experience His person, His character within us. And so a very good question is, okay, well, Steve, that sounds great. The kingdom is here. Yay. Uh, How do we live the kingdom life? Well, we do. Well, number one, acknowledge the kingdom. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you go. I started this last week. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, New King James. I think it's a good question. Ask yourself, what amount of time, what percentage of time throughout the day am I available to the Lord? What percentage am I doing my own thing and I'm totally closed off? But what percentage am I available and acknowledging His presence? Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's belief right there. And lean not on your own understanding. Or we could change it and say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean only on His understanding. In a few ways. In all your ways. Acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your paths. Now, we do a lot better in the big things of acknowledging God than the little things. Is that fair to say? Big decision coming up. I need to buy a house. Maybe, man, prayerfully, you're thinking about marrying somebody. You're asking God. You're acknowledging Him. Lord, what do you want? But I'm telling you, all means all. All means all. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Whatever the decision is. Now, I don't know that He's saying uh, that we're supposed to say, Lord, white or black socks today. I, I don't know that He cares about that. <laughs> but how can I acknowledge Him while I'm getting dressed? Lord, thank You for these socks and thank You for the clothes that You have provided. See? Bingo. Right on. That's what that, when the bell goes off, you know, we, we nailed it. <laughs> so in all your ways, acknowledge him. You're driving to work. Are you acknowledging him? Are you thankful for the car? Young people, you get ready to take a test in high school. Acknowledge him. Thank him. Invite him into whatever it is you're doing in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your your paths. And you say, well, brother, see, that sounds like work. I mean, it's a lot of work if we're always acknowledging him. Well, there is work, but you're laboring to enter rest. There is a labor in the acknowledgement. You choose. He won't choose for you. Can't have love without a choice. So he doesn't choose for you. So there is a labor, but the labor you're operating in is rest. Did you know that in, uh, in, in other words, rest and receiving, because you didn't cause the connection acknowledging him in all your ways, simply abiding. We call it abiding out of John 15. I didn't cause the connection, but I'm choosing to live the reality that I'm connected. And I acknowledge it by saying, thank you, Jesus, that I am connected and that you're with me. Even if I do a big piece of stupid, you're still with me. You never leave me or forsake me. 
John chapter 6, verse 29, they said to Jesus, what do we do to work the works of God? And he said, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he sent. In other words, believe on me. So there is a work. What's the work? Believe. Believe. And don't settle for, yeah, I believe Jesus died and rose again and he was great. I read a book about him. I mean, you don't know him any more than George Washington. You read about George Washington, didn't you? We can meet Jesus Christ. We can know Him, have a vibrant relationship with Him, and choose then to believe. Now, New Testament believing means to be persuaded and convinced to the point of animation and action. That's what belief in the New Testament means. It's from the root word pistis, which is faith. Okay, but God inverse this activity in you allowing you to see the truth, experience Him, and it moves you to animation. That's believing. And what happened to the church is, we were sold a bill of goods. It was like, well, Jesus lived, died, and rose again. I believe that. Yay for me. Okay, if you take the first three, but you miss the fourth one, you miss everything. He lived, died, and rose again so that the Holy Spirit could come and live inside you. The only reason He went to the cross was so He could clean you to live inside of you. The gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we know Him. That's how we grow in our knowing because uh, nobody knows the things of God but the Spirit of God. Can I get a witness? After the Holy Spirit moved in, you got a lot smarter where Scripture was concerned. Yeah, that's fair to say. And people who don't know the Holy Spirit can use Scripture to hurt a lot of people. So He gets you connected to Himself. It's a It's a... Powerful work. It is good news. The only one that could have done anything about your sin issue and your separation from God did. He's the only one that could have done anything about it. And he did. Well, then what do we do? Believe it. (laughs) Believe it to the point of animation and action. So your acknowledgement of him every day is not a work unto righteousness, though. How do I say this? Grace is against earning. But grace doesn't mean there is no animation on our part, no uh, choice on our part. We do choose to live the reality of the connection He gave us. I'm going to say again, spiritual family is super important because we stir and spur each other to believe. To believe. To the point of animation. When I get together with the guys on Tuesday night, you can hear Ron over here. Amen. Yes, that's right. Tuesday night, Sunday night with other men, small group of men, we spur one another to believe. We're not sitting around talking about historical Jesus like he's not in the room. The whole reason we're there is he's in the room. We bring him with us. And then there's this, it's like throwing a bunch of lit matches in the same room together. (laughs) spiritual family is important don't let don't let sunday be enough don't let sunday be enough everything that we experience here you can experience with each other outside of here and more on that later more on that later when we get to number three all right number two is receive the kingdom receive the kingdom so it's not achieved you can't earn it but it is received listen to this it's not a cheap receiving Because if you really receive Him, your heart belongs forever to Him. It's not a a nonchalant receiving. Oh yeah, I did that years ago. 
I signed that card years ago. Uh, you haven't met him then. If you, by revelation, see what he did for you, and then he's come to live inside of you. I told you last week about Jack Taylor. I don't know, he's 85 years old or something. He said he, he had a holy trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Bible <laughs> at his church, and then the Holy Spirit came, got him fired, got him kicked out of the denomination because they were not about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he said, when it became revelation that Jesus Christ not only died for me to cleanse me, but wanted to live in me and call me home, Christ in me, the hope of glory, he said, I've never gotten over it, and I never will. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Not a historical Jesus but a receiving of the person of Christ. It's not a cheap receiving. Our heart belongs forever to Him. When you receive the King in His kingdom, listen to this, you receive Him as sovereign and authoritative. See, it's it's not you receive Jesus and uh, now you can be Lord of your own life. Thanks, Jesus. Appreciate it. That's that whole ticket to heaven thing. Jesus didn't die that horrible death for all of us so we could be Lord of our own life. Jesus thought it was a good idea we didn't rule ourselves. (laughs) Do you see what I put on the sign? God has a government details inside. Did you get it? (laughs) God has a government. Where is it? Inside. By the Spirit. Amen. I love it. It's exciting. So what do we, when we receive Christ, what are we saying? We're receiving you, Lord, as authoritative and sovereign. You now have sovereignty, final say, over my life. How about this? From this day on, Father, you and I will make decisions together. Every decision now we'll make together. Well, that's powerful. The kingdom life isn't me living in total autonomy over myself, making decisions that I hope one day God liked. Hebrews twelve twenty eight. Therefore, since we're receiving, how do we get it? Receive it. Receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. John 1, 12, as many as what? Received him. To them he gave the right or the power to become children of God. To those who believe. Move to the point of persuasion by God himself. We've been persuaded and convinced by God himself. Man, it's just, it's just hard. If all, if you're doing this all in your own strength and it's your believism and your love and all that, you're gonna, you're gonna run way short. You're going to run way short. If you lean on your own resources, the only thing backing you is you. And that's that's a challenge in this world. James 1.21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls, your mind, your will, your emotions. So he starts in your spirit and then he, he's taking you over if you'll let him. Don't let him in your spirit and tuck him away and hide him somewhere. You let him in, now it's time to let him out. and Let him into your thought life, your choosing mechanism, which is your will. Verse 22, be, be doers 
of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And then look at this, guys. Everybody on the screen right here. Matthew 5, 3. Jesus said, blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy to be admired. (laughs) Happy, happy, happy are the poor in spirit. Those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. Yeah, a more proper translation is the word bliss. Actually, blissful are the poor in spirit. Fires a dart right at the heart of man's independence. Man likes to live independently of God and do his own thing. Religion's made a killing on this. But the real authentic Christian life is a life of dependence and total reliance. Total reliance on Christ. I mentioned the other day, you do not build your own ladder religiously of your good works and all your performance and so that God meets you on the top, top rung of your worthiness. God has lowered a ladder from the kingdom of heaven named Jesus Christ and you'll meet him at the bottom rung of your willingness to receive everything you are from him. Now, that's a worthwhile inclusion. Man needs that. Man needs humility. If we go to pride and independence, we go the way of Lucifer and we work our own ruin. But if we'll go to reliance and dependence, well, that's the kingdom way. That's the kingdom life. Listen to this. Be poor enough to receive, according to Jesus Christ, and all heaven has is available to you. You can have it if you're poor enough to receive. All of its love, yep. All of its power, yep. All of its authority, yes. All of its dominion is all yours if you're poor enough to receive it. The one criteria that will lock you out of the kingdom is self-sufficiency. I thought it was, I thought it was sin. You know, if you commit a sin. Well, the real sin of the New Testament is unbelief and self-sufficiency. We think a lot of times sin is this bad thing versus this good thing and i got to weigh all this out. What if it's really dependence versus independence? Can a person, can a human being do something religious looking, it looks good, but they did it independent of God? That is what's displeasing. Independence. Help us, Lord. Help us to see it. Poor enough to receive, you can have all of heaven. And you may say, well, Brother Steve, I've got $5,000 in the bank. What need do I have of relying on God? No need until the day you discover you're too great a creation to be satisfied by money. Too great a creation to be satisfied by things. You say, well, I don't believe that about myself. Doesn't matter. The one who made you knows more about you than you know about you. And you are too great a creation to be satisfied by anything but the Spirit of God. That is the truth. That is the real reality. Aletheia, we call it. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power, not produce power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So without the Holy Spirit, you are limited in your resources. The only thing backing you is you. But but the gates of the kingdom... The gates of the power and the glory are open to every one of us except the self-sufficient. So I like to say it this way. The highest that God has is open to the lowest of us. Does this make sense? Have you ever seen religious people be mean-spirited and look down on other people? 
<laughs> Apparently this has happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's self-righteousness. It's self-based righteousness. They think they're better. Bless you. They think they're better, so they look down on other people. If you want true humility, compare yourself to Christ, not to people. Christ is a standard, not your neighbor. Christ is a standard, and uh, you are not Him. Amen, somebody. Why is receiving through humility so important? Because I'm going to give you a law of life. Receptivity precedes productivity. How many of you want to bear much fruit? Right? You love the Lord. You want to bear fruit? Uh, don't run out and try to produce apart from Him. Receptivity precedes productivity. This is a law at work in human beings. You say, well, where do you get that? Uh, the first thing you did when you were born, you remember when they slapped you on the butt? You, you came out of your mother's womb, remember that? You were offended? <laughs> remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> first thing you did as a human being, you came out exhaling? No, you inhaled. That's why they slapped you so you would... (sighs) Human beings can only give out to the capacity they first take in. This is a law. A wife, if she wants to bear fruit after her husband's kind, she can run around the bedroom all night telling him how much she loves him. She can make him dinner. She can do the dishes. She can do his laundry. All kinds of stuff. But until she receives from him, she'll never bear fruit after his kind. A plant or a seed, if you put a seed into the ground, it has to first receive the nutrients of the soil. It has to receive sunlight and water. Then it produces. And so we have too many Christians running around trying to produce and be great for God. And here's the command. Here's the instruction. Receive of me. John 15, if you'll abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. What's the command? To abide or to bear fruit? It's to abide. Because it's a law, you will bear fruit after His kind if you'll participate with the union He's given you. Amen. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff to live the kingdom life. Number three, last one for today. Invest in the kingdom. Invest in the kingdom. How much? (laughs) All of yourself. Commit yourself to be His follower. Commit yourself to be a disciple. Don't be a church member. That's nowhere in the Bible. Be a student of Jesus. Be a follower of Jesus. That's how we got on this whole centrality thing is we want to be students of Jesus Christ. We love Him. We don't want to be stuck in the mud religious people. We want to be radical, passionate people in love with Jesus Christ who's with us in the present tense. Write this down. Let's live life on His terms. All He wants is all of you. That's it. All He wants is all of you. See, there were those in the crowd, everybody say crowd, who came when Jesus would come around and they'd come for loaves and fishes. Or maybe He was going to do miracles. He was going to heal. So they would come and uh, they maybe had a child that they wanted healed or maybe they themselves weren't well. Uh, or maybe he was going to teach on the side of the mountain and they would come and listen. But that was part of the crowd. The core people left with him when he left. 
And we have too many people in church that come to hear what the Lord is saying on a Sunday. Uh, is he feeding? Is it a miracle? Has he got stuff for me to meet my needs? And then they live the rest of the week without him. What I'm asking you to do and what the Spirit of the Lord is asking Grace Church to do, every one of us to be part of his core. That, yeah, I'm there when he's teaching. I'm there when he's healing. I'm there when he's passing out loaves and fishes. He'll probably ask me to help, right? That's what he did. But when it's time to go, when the sun goes down, I'm going with the master. I'm going to do life with him. Not take a week off and then come back and say, how you doing? Well, three of you are excited. Amen. (laughs) Good preaching, little preacher. (laughs) They went in the core. They went wherever he went. What what does the Lord want from you? All He wants is all of you. And that means every day. Acknowledging Him. Receiving of Him. It's not a one-time receiving, right, Ron? It's not a one-time abiding or receiving. It's all the time. Be someone who chooses to be with Jesus every day. Why is this important? Why has the church struggled to look like Jesus over the last hundred years in America? Why have we struggled... And look so much more like the world than we look like Him. Here's why. Because we get transformed to be like Jesus by being with Jesus. And we, we spend more time with Him than we do with the world. Well, Brother Steve, i got to go to work. I know, and He's going with you. So while you're at work, acknowledge Him. Thank you, Lord, for this job. Thank you for Bill over there. He drives me crazy. But Lord, I bless him. Would you like me to give him a pie? Not to the face, I mean a gift. (laughs) Lord, would you like me to buy Bill lunch today? Just let whoever's rubbing you the wrong way be on God's payroll. You think he's working on them, you're praying for them all the time. He's working on you. He's trying to conform you to his image. Not fix Bill. (laughs) Oh, that's good. All right, what was I talking about? I had a point and all that. (laughs) Fixing Bill. Back to fixing Bill. (laughs) Oh, we're transformed by Jesus by being with Jesus. Write this down. Matthew 11, 29. Jesus said, learn from me. You have to learn how life is to be lived from Jesus. One of the things we do in discipling here at Grace Church is we, we do not disciple anyone to one of us. We're discipling people unto Jesus. We could be gone tomorrow. Jesus, not so much. He's here. He'll be with them. Maybe they go on vacation. He needs to go with them on vacation. Amen. We don't disciple people to ourselves. We disciple people unto Jesus. How? By teaching people to be with Jesus. There's discipling going on in this room right now because under the unction of the Holy Spirit, I am encouraging you to be with Jesus. Be with Him. That's how you start looking like Him. And then I'm going to say this as well. We're transformed, looking more and more like Jesus by being with each other. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And I'm not even just talking about Sunday. I love Sunday. I'm, I'm transformed more and more like Christ by being with you here this morning. I am. And same with Sunday night I mentioned and Tuesday night, those groups that I belong to with those group of guys. We are transformed. I'm telling you, not one time have we met and when it was all over, we walked out the door like, man, I can't wait to punch somebody. 
I'm so angry. <laughs> we all walk out of there looking like Jesus. <laughs> Am I right, Scott? I mean, we got Jesus on. Right, Matt? <laughs> Why? Because we start looking like Jesus by being with Jesus. But remember, Christ is in your brother. Christ is in your sister. So get together. Spur one another to faith, to belief. Let me give you some scriptures because I'm running out of time. Uh, no, let me give you this first. Dallas Willard. You guys know Dallas Willard? Great theologian. Passed away a year or two ago. Look at what he said. The greatest issue facing the world today with all of its heartbreaking needs is whether those who are identified as Christians will become disciples. Students, apprentices, and here it is, practitioners of Jesus Christ. Look at this. Steady, steadily learning from Him how to live. Don't go to dear Abby. <laughs> go to Jesus. Don't go the horoscope. Go to Jesus. We're learning from him how to live. Boy, we, it was, it, we, 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 we cheapened everything he did when we relegated, oh, he came so we could all die and go to heaven. He's trying to teach you how to live. He's trying to tell you love is healthy. Peace is healthy. Forgiveness is good for you and good for your marriage. Patience is healthy. Worry will kill you. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't toil, spin. Your father feeds them. Don't you know you're so much more valuable than the birds to your father? Jesus tied the cure for worry and anxiety to knowing how much God loves you. He's teaching you how to live. And then, not only how to live for us, but look, to extend the life of the kingdom into every corner corner of human existence. That's us. This is kingdom living. That's what we're talking about. Kingdom living. How do we live life on this planet? Remember when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life? He's not just the way to heaven, to the Father. He is, but He's also the way you're designed to live. If it doesn't look good on Him, it won't look good on you. Could you imagine if when they were ripping his beard out and spitting on him, if he just got, he just stood up and cold cocked about six soldiers? I think we'd look at him a little different. <laughs> we'd probably be like, man, Jesus is my guy. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that a long time. No, it took more strength and more power not to do that. <laughs> That's next week's sermon. <laughs> All right, how about this one? Dallas Willard. People think they can be Christians and never actually know, hear, or follow Jesus Christ. So what we have is just a following issue, okay? We have just a discipling issue. We need to be students. We need to give our heart fully to Him. That's what we're doing, right? Uh, in this number three, we're investing all of ourselves into the kingdom. Here's the scriptures I told you. Matthew 13, I've mentioned them before. Verse 44, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he sold everything he had to buy the field. And then the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant sinking beautiful pearls. And when he found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. He, Jesus taught that the kingdom, that relationship with the father is worth everything. It does not say, well, he thought about it and then he thought, man, you know, my PS4 <laughs> everything but that, Lord. 
My four-wheeler, no. My fishing equipment, no. No, there was no, there's no haggle over it. Everything was his. Look at Mark 10, 22. But the, the rich young ruler, he was sad at this word and he went away sorrowful. Why? Because every going away from Jesus has sorrow attached to it. That's why that's a law. Any human being that goes away from the way has sorrow coming. For he had great possessions. And then he looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have natural riches? In this world to enter the realm of the spirit. How hard is it for those who love the earth and its riches and its pleasures in the natural realm to gain access to the spirit realm where the real riches are? Disciples were astonished and Jesus said, well, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches here on earth to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man. And he's talking about in worldly things. He won't give up rich young ruler. He won't give up worldly things he loves for life in the spirit, which is the greater reality. That's what he's talking about there. And it goes with... uh, Luke 6, there it is. Luke 6, Jesus said, Woe to you who are rich and well off in natural things, for you'll lack in the kingdom of heaven. It's kind of like God and money. You can't serve two masters. Now, he's not saying you can't have money. He's saying money can't have you. That's what he's saying. With God, all things are possible. God likes to get resources to us so we can advance the kingdom. And recognize that it's all His. That's the difference. It's all His. And then here's one more. Luke 14, 25. Scott, you guys can come. Now great multitudes went with Jesus. And He turned and said to them, If anyone comes to Me and doesn't hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he can't be My disciple. And whoever doesn't bear his cross and come after Me can't be My disciple. Don't you love it how Jesus, he knew how to whittle that crowd down, didn't he? Every, every time you see a great multitude came out to listen, he's like, hey, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Or if you don't, and if you study this out, he's not talking about, hey, go hate your parents. He's contrasting. The, the actual meaning here is if you don't love me more, if I'm not more the priority than your family, then you can't be my disciple. What does Jesus want? All he wants is all of you. He wants all of you. But it'll be the greatest relinquishing you'll ever find. Jesus said if you try to save your life, you'll actually lose it. But if you will relinquish governmental control to me, you'll find life on this planet. And I'll show you how to live. Amen? Stand with me. Thank you, Lord. I feel the Holy Spirit up on the back of my neck right there. Every head bowed and every eye closed. My goodness. Will you open your heart to the Holy Spirit today? Will you open your heart to the Lordship of Jesus today? Will you purpose to be his follower? Boy, I don't... You know, people in the crowd, they had good feelings about Jesus. They did. They would come out to see him and partake in whatever he was, you know, if he was speaking or healing. But there's so much more. You can be part of that core. You can be a student, a follower, a disciple of Jesus who does every day with Him. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Steve, I've never accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. I've never asked Him to come be Lord 
and Savior of my life. And you want to do that today. Would you slip your hand up and say, pray for me? Anybody? Thank you. Are you on the back row there? Anybody else? I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today. Anybody? Okay, let's pray with our sister. Heavenly Father, say this after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning to receive the gift of the Lordship of Jesus Christ into my heart. Lord Jesus, I am yours and you are mine. From this day on, I receive your grace and your total forgiveness. I enter into union with you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, come on, amen. Amen. Bless you. Amen. It's what it's all about. Well, I think I know everybody in this room's hearts well enough to just pray a prayer and then we're going to worship real quick and with a worship song. Father, I pray this morning. I, I believe everybody in this room wants to walk with Jesus. I believe that. Lord, you're showing us how. You're showing us what the kingdom life is. And Holy Spirit, would you just continue to arrest us that every day we're going to acknowledge you. We're going to receive of you. And then, Lord, we're going to invest all of our heart, all, of we, all that we are, into following you. So bless each one. Fill each one. Lord, comfort those who need comfort, but Lord, strengthen those who need strengthened and quickened. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said...